Hello, I'm Stuart Chittenden, and this is Lives, a conversation featuring fresh voices and diverse perspectives on culture, community, business, and more. My guest today is Mary Elizabeth Lawson, the singer and musician behind Mise on Jicks. Not only will we be in conversation, but Mary will also perform a few of her songs for us live in the studio. Soul Woman, Mary, Elizabeth, Joe, Dixon, Pelier, Nicey, Kopialani, Lawson, is the heart and artist behind Mise Jicks. Her passion and skill for musical artistry has continued to develop since launching Mise Jicks as a creative project in 2015. Building on her artistic growth and reflection since releasing her EP in the middle in 2017, and further to ongoing collaboration with a range of talented collaborators, Mary is looking forward to releasing soon a new live album and embarking on a mini Midwest tour starting on March 15th. Regular listeners will recall that Mary was a guest on the show in March 2018, and of course I would encourage listeners to listen back to that show as well as enjoying this conversation today. Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you so much for having me again. (laughs) It's good to be back. (laughs) I mean, that literally is such a weird thing to say. It's good to be back because Mm -hmm. uh, our time apart has been marked by so much that's happened in the world. Yeah. And we could go down a rabbit hole of all the horrors that have happened are continuing to happen. But I want to hold on to your laugh and your smile (laughs) when we were off air just a second ago when we got set up and you're here in the studio with a keyboard and your voice and your talent and you just said I'm so excited (laughs) (laughs) I am so why I mean I I guess I so so why what's so exciting I feel and I've, I've been saying this a lot to friends and family and collaborators I feel like we're collectively turning a big curve right now. And I know that there is still a lot of heartache and grief all in that. But I I feel like there's a, a large curve that we're all turning together. And no one is certain what's on the other side, but we're all making a, a a turn together and that that's what excites me is is that feeling of new there's something new coming and that's approaching us yeah on your website you declare that your songwriting compositional style performance and work ethic has made leaps and bounds since you first began the mise en jigs project in 2015 and that your newest compositions are deeply influenced by the mundane film romance poetry Coffee, deeper reflection, yes, remembrance and knowing. Yeah. So I very much want to explore what has shifted for you over this trajectory, not least from 2015 when Misanjix started as a creative project, but especially since we last spoke and In the Middle was launched as an EP in 2017. Mm-hmm. I want to start with that EP because yeah. I was surprised to know that you decided to pull some parts of that EP. And it seems like that EP was itself an expression of vulnerability in many ways of what you're experiencing at that time. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's an even more intimate expression to not reject, but 
but reference some of the n- negative interference yeah. around that for you. So before we pull forward to today and your journey creatively, what was happening with that decision? Yeah, so I'll I'll take it back to the year that we recorded the EP in 2017. I had been performing and collaborating with three musicians at the time for about four years at the time. Um, maybe three, three or four years. And one of the key players in that band, Kakeli, Kakeli Dawes, is, he's um, a drummer, really incredible drummer, was planning to go to New Orleans for grad school. And so there was this urgency <laughs> to record. And I, um, I'm sure other musicians have felt something similar to that, where it's like, oh, I really want to capture what we experienced together while we were playing together live and all that magic as we were collaborating together. And so there was this urgency around recording. So I planned on recording um, all of the songs that were in the current live set in 2017. And and we did that and we had the opportunity to record at Make Believe Studios and here in Omaha, really incredible recording studio. But the record itself really needed a lot more time. And I I think a lot more care during the process. Um, A lot of which I learned between 2017 and now, like I, I feel like I have a better idea of what um, what I need as a musician in that process and what I expect to share with my collaborators in that process too. Yeah, there was urgency and um, not a lot of care around the project and the process and I still released it. And I, um, it's kind of a regret when I look back on it. I regret releasing the music too soon without spending more time with it and with the musicians that I had recorded with and and that's okay (laughs) it's okay to have regret around creative projects and it's okay to fail you know and I I'm able to say all of this I think because I've had some time with myself (laughs) over the last two years (laughs) given the pandemic um so I'm really grateful for that. But yeah, I I wasn't able to accept um, a lot of the, the feelings that I felt after the release in 2017. And I think I was ignoring a lot of that and kind of like pushing it down somewhere within me. Um, and 2019 is when I pulled two of the four songs that are on the EP in 20. 21 is when everything came offline so you weren't able to find it on any streaming services um but you can still listen to two of the songs on soundcloud for free and um one of the hit singles on the ep called motion is a music video that you can find on youtube um anyway yeah, I, it took me a while to really sit with all of the feelings that I had around that project and sit with a lot a lot of the feelings that were expressed to me from my bandmates at the time around that project and I'm happy with 
with how I handled everything, and I've learned a lot. Outsider, I love the EP and it has an emotional response. It conjures an emotional response for me, but mm. for you, it seems as if it's it's much more personal and, and deep. And I'm I'm wondering if you feel like you're really very critical of yourself, like many artistically minded people. Are, are you yes. sort of okay? So <laughs> very much so. <laughs> I am. I am very critical of myself, and I I think. There's a lot of um, new language that I think uh, we're all using to describe our experiences, like perfectionism, you know. I think criticism is, is good and healthy when it encourages the uh, individual to do better. And that's different for everyone. But I, I think um, for me, creatively... Like my self-critique has definitely gone down a path of like perfectionism. Like this has to be perfect in order for me to put my name behind it and for me to put it out in the world because I don't want to leave the earth and (laughs) leave something terrible behind, you know. And with the EP, it's not like it was a terrible project. It sounded good, but I, I had attached a lot of my... Um, sore feelings um, to the project and so when any whenever anyone brought it up it, I still it still conjured up some negative you know feelings um, so yeah well here we are here we uh, are five you know five years I mean I'm playing with time a little bit but you know give or take five years forward yeah and it feels as if given what you've shared, personally and publicly, that you have really developed your personal creativity as well as your collaborative process too. Yeah. So we wanted to talk a little bit about the nature of that collaborative process because when we last spoke four years ago, one of the plans and dreams that you spoke of was about wanting to be more of a collaborator and to explore that more. Yes. And so I know you've been doing that. And so would you share a little bit more about how you've jumped into that creative plaything that is collaboration. Yeah, I I feel like it's it's ever shifting and changing um how I approach it. Um depends on a lot of different things, um the people, the situation, the project, all of so many things, but I feel like 
because I am committed to doing a lot of work on my own for myself, like inner workings, <laughs> like prioritizing my mental, spiritual, like physical health, I'm able to approach collaborations with other people with a new perspective. So I feel like um, since we last met, um, a lot of the collaborations that I've taken on have been with not only musicians, new musicians um, collaborating with me through this project, uh, Misanjix, but organizing like community organizing um outside of music I am an arts worker and so I have the opportunity to collaborate with other artists like in a more professional role I guess <laughs> and I'm air quoting in this studio um but yeah I, I I'm able to collaborate with other artists by just giving space to them you know that's like a new a new thing, giving space to artists to talk about their dreams or visions. Um, collaboration is is really expansive. Like it's not just like, here's my project, let's let's collaborate on this. I, I feel like collaboration is really holding space for people too and listening to to what they have to say about really anything. I've been given the opportunity to do a lot of that through this project and also through my work as a as an arts worker. Odyssey? Yeah. So Odyssey is a hip hop producer. Yes, he is. <laughs> so your music, I'm the last person to try to define music, but you know, soul and R and B and jazz feel to it. And so I don't know if you know the choice of working with Odyssey as a hip hop producer was sort of intentional to push you and your creativity in a certain way absolutely i i feel like any yes so specifically the collaboration with odyssey was yeah intentional in that i wanted to not only learn from someone who i'm a huge fan of um but also odyssey is on a completely different level um, as an artist and by working with him creates more visibility to what I'm doing in, in Nebraska. <laughs> um, and so after I released the EP in the middle in 2017, I um, reached out to Odyssey, I think it was the same year, um, just through Twitter, actually. <laughs> and the only reason why I felt comfortable doing that is because we, me and the band, opened for Odyssey two times um, once here in Omaha and um, another time in Lincoln, I reached out to him on Twitter and was just like, hey, it would be so cool to collaborate on something. Um, and he was super open to it. And I was surprised because, again, we're in two different places in our um, careers as artists, but he was open to it. And we planned on on doing some studio like sessions um, in Bed-Stuy where he lives. And so in 2018, in January 2018, I went to Bed-Stuy with my friend Bridget McQuillan, who's a um, filmmaker and who's been documenting Misanjiks for years. Um, and my friend Drea, who is just there for support. And we went there and we stayed in um, Odyssey's home studio 
<laughs> I I remember we were there for a week and it took me a, a while to just kind of like get to the to the point because I was so nervous. I, I'm a huge fan of him and his work and how he does what he does. And so as a hip hop producer, as a lyricist, as a rapper. Um, but yeah, it took me a while. And so towards the end of our visit, the first time I was just like, yes, let's let's do something. And so he sent me home, sent me back here uh, to Nebraska with a folder of um, tracks that he had produced. And so sat with those for a while, started writing. And then I went back out there in June, I want to say, and August of 2018 and recorded a few things live in studio. And so that project is right now in a demo phase, just demos right now and um, on my SoundCloud. So if you want to listen to those demos that I wrote in 2018, that's where you can find them. Um, my plan for that specific project is to um, record them after the live album is out. The recording process for that uh, demo project is just adding some like harmonies and maybe some other sounds and then it'll be out in the world too. Yeah. You wake up and think of God, then brush your teeth and go to work. You do this thing, love on repeat. I've seen others felt while chasing dreams, but they seem happy when we meet. I wish the same could win us be. Yes, love, if you want to, I can take you for a ride. We can go dancing in the night, stay out like 2 or 3 a.m. I am writing this reminder so you can let go of standards that you probably learned around 2 or 3. Let go, vibrate higher. mentioned at the beginning that you've been deeply influenced by you know all sorts of cultural representations whether it's film and poetry or imbibing coffee or whatever it happens to be so what has been happening to influence you over the last few years yeah I so much has influenced me and how I'm creating these days mm. I feel like the biggest thing has been reflection. And I know that I, I write about that in my bio on my website is reflection, um, remembrance. These are all themes and newer material that um, that's now in my live set. I feel like I'm able to write songs with a little bit more detachment. Um, whereas all of the music that's on the um, that was on in the middle of the EP I felt very attached to those songs like these songs are gonna 
take me somewhere. Like I, I, I felt, I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself with those songs. And now I'm, now I'm writing a little bit more hmm, openly. Like I feel a lot more flexible. I feel a lot more, yeah, detached. <laughs> and I, I think I've found, I've, I've found a little bit more fun and play in writing so I'm I'm able to do it with less pressure and force, and that feels good. It feels new. Can I just check in with you? Because when I listen to you perform, it feels emotional for me to to respond to the music. Mm-hmm. But I also have the sense that you yourself are emotionally investing the music with your soul and passion and yes. spirit. So when I hear you use a word like detached. I am not interpreting that as meaning that you are disinterested Mm -hmm. in the emotional resonance of a song. Yeah. As much as then I'm interpreting that as meaning that there is emotional resonance, but but you have to some degree a a resilience or a fortitude or a sense of objectivity about Mm. emotions that are within the music, not controlling you. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you <laughs> for saying that. That's it. That sounds that sounds like what I was trying to say. Yeah, I it's not that I'm yeah, removed from the experience or from the content or the experience or the emotions within the song. It's just that I'm um what did you just say? <laughs> We've got it on tape. Okay, good. I might have to play that back. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's it. So I've not heard the new music. Yeah. So what are you reflecting on? Maybe to set the scene a little bit when we spoke before about in the middle, you know, there's a lot in there about love and lost love and heartbreak and the hopes of love and the aspiration for life. So what have you been reflecting on and informing the music you're creating now? I feel like a lot of everything that um, has influenced my music and my songwriting before is still, yeah, influencing me. (laughs) I I still am very, um, I am an emotionally intelligent person. So much of what inspires me is is it revolves around love and um matters of the heart so that's those those things are definitely still in the music um but in the new material i i feel like my new approach is writing about my experiences but kind of taking a new spin on them maybe giving it a new plot um not making it so much about one experience I'm laughing because um I'm thinking about this one of my newer songs called Red Hat that I'll play which is very much about a situation that I was in a few years ago um with a loved one so I don't know (laughs) I don't know I yeah it's hard to explain I'm still still figuring it all out Should we hear Red Hat? Let's pause for a second and I'll let you introduce it. Okay. This song is called Red Hat. I wrote it, I started writing it in 20, I want to say 20, 
19 and I was able to fully flesh, flesh it out during the first two years of the pandemic that we're all in. sadness that's a sad one <laughs> has to i have to put it somewhere misanjix is a container for that i think i'm learning and a, so in in many ways a cathartic purging mm-hmm. mm. yeah very recently um i've had conversations with two authors and poets and both of them spoke to that cathartic nature of addressing tough issues uh, one one reference 
using her poetry as a way to say the unsayable. Yeah. And another talked about how her poetry was the first time her family were able to wrestle with the subject, which was about the alcohol-induced death of this family member. Mm. And the poem itself referenced that, and it could have been a real ordeal, but it was a way in. And so I'm wondering how much for you you find that you are a mentally well and emotionally healthy person because you use your music as a way to perhaps say the unsayable and feel in some ways the unfeelable. Mm. Wow. Mm. I'm on a journey of mentally well, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm like, I'm well, (laughs) but I, I'm definitely on that journey and that feels good. Um, mentally well and I emotionally healthy I feel I feel like for a really long time and you said this and how you described um what I was trying to say about my emotions and feeling detached from the music in a way that my emotions aren't uh, kind of in control I feel like that that speaks to where I find myself emotionally I'm able to feel my feelings and I'm learning not to yeah, give them too much control over my reality. So that's that's all well and good. Yeah, music music has been a place where I can go to yeah, say say what I can't say <laughs> um in normal conversation. Um it's also a place where I'm able to document really terrible things that I experience with with heart or even just like what's going on in the world um yeah can we talk about that for a little bit then because you used the word activism earlier Mm -hmm. and we've spoken about that before but uh, pick your ism um there are many to go around in the world right now but not least uh racism and racial inequity that really came to the fore in a more national conversation in 2020, the summer of 2020, with the murder of George Floyd, Mm -hmm. that being one of far too many incidences. But there was a real um, national movement and conversation that arose out of that. And I know that uh, recently you performed a song called Hard Kill at Culture House, Mm -hmm. um, and that speaks very much to the issues that we're talking about. So I'm not necessarily picking on that, one song but mm-hmm. it, it connects to you speaking to these bigger issues through your music and I'm I'm wondering how your activism has taken shape for you creatively yeah that song was the first time I think I yeah made my my politics public where I stand um in that song I talk about the murder of Sandra Bland by police I feel like a lot of the songs that reflect my politics usually are questions. I think that that's, yeah, that's, that's where, that's where that's at for me. Um, I mean, listening to that live performance, which people can do on your SoundCloud site, it's interesting to compare and contrast the sensuality Mm. of a song like Motion with the visceral, and I wouldn't even call it rage because there's far too much 
controlled intention behind your voice. But there is a visceral tone in your vocals in that song. Definitely. Yes. And that is very much intentional. Um, I've been reading a lot about uh, this eternal whale, like W-A-I-L. Fred Moten writes about it in reference to a story that Frederick Douglass wrote about in his autobiography, um, in his retelling of um, witnessing his, I think, aunt or someone in his family getting whipped and hearing her uh, scream her wail. When I when I sing no in uh, Hard Kill, that's what I'm trying to pull in. Activism. I, I have um, an interesting relationship with that. I don't. I, I feel like in the last, yeah, two years, I've kind of moved away from identifying as an activist and more as just like an organizer. Like that feels more like who I am. Organizing in the sense of, mm, yeah, being intentional about uh, where I put my energy and with who I'm sharing that energy and um, what spaces I'm in and just being a lot more aware of, of my, um, how I am in, in different spaces. Um, trying my best to organize uh, events in the community and with other artists that, that really hold us and give us a sense of healing or, you know, a shared experience that, can elevate us. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to build on what you said there, and in particular the idea of energy and yeah. spaces. Yeah. And so last time we spoke, you talked about the energy exchange that comes from live performance yes. and how much you enjoyed that. I do. And of course, <laughs> that was pre-pandemic. Uh, yeah. And and so here you are about to embark on a, a, a sort of mini Midwest tour, and I'd love to for you to share a few details about that. Mm-hmm. But you've had, like all of us, a couple of years where the idea of live performing was not practical. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just wondering, how did you cope with not performing live? What did you do to be able to get through? And then tell us more about this tour and how excited you are about it. Yes. Um, during 2020 uh, and 2021, um, what I did to cope with uh, not 
performing live was virtual shows. A lot of people did that virtual performances and that seemed to give us a, a sense of hope and community um, while in isolation. Yeah, I really hope that that continues because that's an option um, for those of us who are still feeling um, unsafe to be in space with each other or I mean, even before the pandemic, if it wasn't as accessible to be in space, I think having the option of tuning in from your home uh, to catch music uh, should always be an option. And I, I would like to continue doing virtual performances even as we're, um, yeah, doing live performances. So the the mini Midwest tour that um, me and my quartet um, are going on, uh, we will be joined by And How, another Omaha-based band, and Thick Paint. They, they're Omaha and Atlanta George like hybrid band because <laughs> a, a couple of the musicians in the band are from Omaha but now live in Atlanta. We're all really excited. Uh, we've been planning this tour since I want to say November last year. Um, and I think the conversation started sometime last summer and we were like, wouldn't it be so fun if we went on a tour? <laughs> And uh, so we've been in touch just, you know, we've got a really beautiful text thread of like all of our questions and like excitement around the tour and like just checking in because we all took different parts of planning it um, and reaching out to venues and friends in these different cities to uh, schedule it out. So we'll be in Lincoln, Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska, Lawrence, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri, and ending in St. Louis, Missouri. So this is um, over the course of five days, the uh, March 15th through Saturday the 20th. Yeah. And we're all really, really pumped about it. Yeah, this will be good. I know that sort of pre-pandemic, You'd planned a dream to perform in Paris. Yes. And London. That's true. And my hometown, Canterbury, was also mentioned. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I remember that, yes. <laughs> and I'm thinking, is this really just a precursor to something much more substantial? I hope so. I'm very curious about how different cities and different places in the world and different, you know, groupings of people will take to this music. Um, it's been a lot of fun and we've been super blessed to play as much as we have in the Midwest. And yeah, the Midwest is very loyal to like the, the local music that's happening and that's amazing. And I don't think you can find that everywhere in the world, but I definitely hope that, you know, with this live album, I'm releasing a live album March 11th. And on the live album, I capture four, um, I think four, three or four um, of the songs that were initially on In the Middle. And that was absolutely intentional um, to, you know, take what was on the EP offline and re-record it um, to really capture the the essence of that music. And I, I was able to do that with two of my original bandmates that were in that um, 
the first iteration of Misanjik's uh, full band. And, and so the live album will be, I think, yeah, a, a starting point for um, not only the tour, but also for other, for other shows all over the world. <laughs> I want to use the album yeah. as a way to ask this question. Okay. I want to know what were some of the business choices. You used the word career in our conversation, early in our conversation. Yeah. And what were some of the more business-minded choices you made about the album? And what are your hopes for a career? So that all you do is the creative play and collaboration that is musical exploration because you're doing it as a career. Yeah. Ooh, some of the business choices that I made... Um, so definitely making the executive decision to remove my, um, first project from online streaming sources was a business move for sure. Reaching out to other musicians and artists who are creating on different levels and have different, you know, a different reach, um, like Odyssey or, um, you know, opening for other artists who are yeah just creating and and um playing and and doing their artistry on different levels are all it's all uh business um business moves but also just like it's business and also um trust like I I trust myself as an artist um enough to like you know reach out and 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 do things like that um I would say like the administrative side of things, of course, business, like I, you know, emailing uh, venues and checking their calendars and, you know, booking these shows is is all very business. Um, And then making the decision to take my quartet instead of like the full band or or um, instead of like duo or trio. those are all business decisions for sure. And what about just the hard choices about, I don't know, getting paid enough mm. by whoever's going to pay, whether it's fans or you know, through downloads or buying the album or venues or merch or, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, concerts and, and, and I don't know. And then, of course, when you're super famous, you'll be doing car ads or whatever it is, you know. <laughs> oh, I don't gosh, know. I don't know. <laughs> you won't? Okay. Who well, knows? <laughs> You, you know, the latest brand of cereals or something. <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, you know, scoring a film. That'd be really amazing. Wow. That, see, no, I mean, seriously, obviously I'm being facetious, but um, <laughs> it would be great to have aspirations around a career that is the thing that makes your life feasible, right? Yeah. Because you get paid to do it. Right. Yeah. The conversation around, like, how much we get paid um, – still a big challenge for local artists who are still gaining traction and like building their audiences um, and their following. But I think, I mean, I hope that um, because of so much of how our world is, um, how our society is built um, and what we've all experienced in the last two years. And I, I hope that those who are booking us um, at venues have a new lens to look at us through (laughs) um 
in booking the the tour, we definitely were asking those questions, you know, like how how is the door split is a question that all our artists should ask the booking folks at venues because that really tells you how much you'll get paid at the end of the night. <laughs> and then, yeah, having having merch on tour is helpful to kind of balance out pay because all of us who are on tour, we're a part of a band. Everyone's going to get paid. So it's like we have to be clear about um, all of those things up front, um, not only with asking questions to venues, but also with our, you know, our bandmates like, hey, this is this is how the venue is going to be splitting our pay at the end of the night. And this is how much tickets are. Uh, this is how much gas is to get from here to here. So, yeah, it's a lot. I, I really do hope that at some point it's a little bit more feasible, but I know that I'm not the only artist who is able to move around like this without like a large following because I have another job <laughs> that is able to like, you know, take care of, of the finances that, you know, are necessary. Where can people buy your album when it does drop on March 11th? Yes, on March 11th, you can buy Misanjik's full band live from Culture House. That's the name of the album <laughs> um, on Bandcamp. Bandcamp seems to be a solid place for artists to drop their music. Um, I know there has been a lot of uh, tension around Spotify recently with who they support and who they're giving their money to and how little they're giving the artists. So I feel good about just using Bandcamp for now for most of my music releases. Digital only or vinyl, CD? Uh, what, 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 what choices have you made there? Digital for now. It would be awesome to get um, this live album pressed on vinyl for the archives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just got my turntable working the other oh, day. Oh, good. Uh, so happy. What did you listen to? So many records. Um, the first thing I played, because I hadn't actually listened to the vinyl, mm. was Culture House's Freedom Summer. Hey, shouts out to Culture House and their <laughs> album. <laughs> uh, so speaking of your album yeah. and shout outs, is now a good time for you to introduce... Another yeah, song. Yeah, yes. You. This song is called Power, and it's not on the live album, but it will be recorded this year, and I will be sure to let Stuart know so that you all know when it's available.
<laughs> thank you. Just how lucky I am. And so thank you for being here today, Mary. This has just been, takes my breath away. Thank you. Thank you, Stuart. That's the end of this week's show. You can listen again to this show and others by subscribing to the podcast at livesradioshow.com and find us on social media at Lives Radio Show. The music playing you in and playing you out each week was created specially for the show by Andrew Bailey. I'm your host, Stuart Chittenden, and this is Lives Radio Show and Podcast. Join me next week for fresh voices and diverse perspectives on culture, community, and more. How'd you feel? Awesome. Amazing. <laughs>